You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 348. I am Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. Uh, I should have grabbed a beer for this episode and I forgot I'd crack it right now, but kind of have a hankering for some wrong crowd beer. And of course the fine folks of wrong crowd beer, we had a live show there a week or two ago, good times, good food, good beer. A lot of people came out. We were uh, happy to see everyone and talk to, uh, you know, a lot of the, the people, a lot of the listeners of the show. Uh, we'll probably do another one maybe at some point during the season. I don't know when that'll happen. Maybe not a live show, but maybe just kind of like a meet and greet. We got to work through that, but uh, to order wrong crowd beer, go to wrongcrowdbeer.com. Order it up. Uh, if you live in PA, coming to New Jersey soon and get wrong crowd beer. New beer out, by the way. Quarterback factory, delicious. Yes. Also, little um, Easter egg on the bottom of the can. If you look at the bottom of the can on those ones, check it out. Only way to find out what's there is to go out and get one. That's so, right. go, wherever you buy your beer, uh, ask where you can find wrong crowd beer. And if they don't have it, say, yo, goober. Where's the wrong crowd beer? And then, of course, longtime listener. I'll let you handle this one. <laughs> I like how you're just rolling into they, the review they, I put they, into they the They emailed sheet. you, right? Was this by email? Uh, it was a, an Apple podcast review, Jimmy. We've been oh, neglectful there. Okay. So leave five-star ratings and reviews. This is proof that we still do read them. Not only uh, off the show, but on the show as well. This is from our good friend, SRM Chef who I believe has that same handle on Twitter. Hey, BLG, longtime listener of BGN Radio and newly hired performance chef for the Philadelphia Flyers. That's he's saying he's one. And I can assure you, Righteous Felon Craft Jerky is a new fixture of our locker room as well. So how about that, Jimmy? You have the Flyers, Flyers the Phillies, Phillies and Eagles. the Eagles. I mean, the Sixers, in theory, could. I don't know that for sure. I don't have any info on that. I don't know for sure that they don't. As far as I know now, they don't, but that's three of the four Philly sports teams. I mean, so like right to selling craft jerky, kind of a Philly sports thing. So you can also. We've never talked about like the nutritional element mm. of, of uh, righteous felon. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but like for these teams to be feeding their athletes, this, uh, yeah. it can't be bad. Like it, like it's, it can't be, it can't, I assume, <laughs> I don't know, but I know it tastes delicious. So what what is the uh, promo code? Is it BG, is BGN, it BGN 15, Jimmy? BGN okay. 15 for 15% off your order at RighteousFelon.com. We appreciate that rating and review. We also appreciate you supporting our sponsors because that helps support really good people that we believe in and work with. And it also helps support the show. So we appreciate you. But Jimmy, right. it's a big uh, show. Eagles. It's a big preview yes. show. Short week. What's going on? Well. The Eagles played a football game on mm. Sunday last week. They beat the Patriots, did not look great. And I think it's a good thing that they have a quick turnaround here to sort of, I mean, they really should have lost that game. If they had played a better team, they probably would have lost that game. And if that, I mean, that wasn't a bad team necessarily, very good defense, weak offense. But if they had just made a few, like a couple more plays, maybe the Patriots would have won that game. So I don't think they view that performance on Sunday as a very good. Jason Kelsey was very honest. He was like, you know, we very well could have lost that game. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think they're happy about the way they played in that game. So they have a quick turnaround, which I think they're looking for. I think that's a good thing for them. They can flush this bad performance, but still a win 
uh, week one and head into week two, maybe with a little more impressive performance. And if you look back at last year, they kind of like a shaky performance week one against the Lions. And it was more the other way around. Like their offense was really good and their defense was bad. Which I think is less concerning than that, I would argue, because the offense is going to be the driver for this team. You're not winning the Super Bowl through your like 85 Bears defense. I think you can be pretty confident that the offense is going to it's going to wake up at some point when they have the offensive line they have in the quarterback they have in the receivers they have in the tight end they have in et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, um, they broke out week two last year. They played the Vikings in primetime mm. week two last year, and they smoked them. I mean, we always – we sort of remember that. I sort of – I can speak personally. I sort of remember that as like the Darius Slay game. Yeah, he was defensive player of the week after that game. But Jalen Hurts was also awesome mm-hmm. in that game. At that point – in his career, that was his best ever game after, you know, when, when, when that game was mm-hmm. over with, we, it was very obvious that was the best game that he had had of his career. And then obviously, you know, the rest of the season went amazing for him in the Eagles offense. So it'll be interesting to see if they can turn it around on, on Thursday. There is news mm-hmm. to get to initially, particularly on the injury front. Uh, Nicobe Dean, it was already, re- I think we already got to this in the last episode where he was going to be out multiple weeks. He has since been placed on injury reserve. No surprise there. That opened up a roster spot, which was filled by Nicholas Morrow, who the Eagles signed during the offseason, presumably to start opposite Dean, wound up not playing all that great in the preseason, uh, or rather training camp, uh, got beaten out for a roster spot by Zach Cunningham and Christian Ellis. He did come back to the practice squad. He is now up from the practice squad and on the 53-man roster. And then they also added a former first-round pick in Rashawn Evans, um, from Alabama. So they got all these Alabama and Georgia guys. They trust those guys. They brought in Rashawn Evans. Uh, I actually had a chance to talk to him on Tuesday in the locker room. Really good dude. From what I can tell after a five minute conversation. <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, you know, I don't know. In those, in those five minutes, uh, seemed like a good guy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the linebacker position is a huge worry heading into this game. We'll get, we'll come back to that in a minute. But the other injury news is that Kenny Gainwell, Reed Blankenship, James Bradbury, all out mm. for Thursday night. I don't think Gainwell's absence is that troubling. I certainly do think Reed Blankenship's absence is troubling, <laughs> as is James Bradbury. And then Fletcher Cox is questionable, though it seems like he's going to play. He had a rib injury uh, in, the, in the week one win over the Patriots. So they have a bunch of guys out now. That um, they had injured, they you know they have nobody out, mm-hmm. of course, week one, and now they have four starters. Yeah, yep. four starters that are out for week two. Not ideal, I would say. Especially, it's funny, not funny, but like enter- entering week one, fifty-three man roster was completely healthy. Scott Eagles are healthy, and then just a few days later, they're playing another game and they're missing all these key players. Not a great situation. Nicobe is out for at least four games now. Officially, he can't return until week six at the earliest. Mm-hmm. So that's not great. I think Nicobe Dean uh, was kind of who he thought I was going to be in week one. And that looked really good against the run. He graded out on Pro Football Focus. And Johnny Page mentioned this as well. And it was all 22 film breakdown on BGN. Johnny Page does a great job, by the way. He I does. Just shout him out real quick. Yes, he does. Very underrated. Um, shout out to Johnny. Definitely read his breakdowns. Nicobe, really good against the run. And, and pass coverage, not as much. That's a concern yeah. I've had with him. I th- I've been wondering if he's like kind of just a two-down linebacker, ideally. In any case, he's out. And 
you're missing some of that value of him being a good run defender. And now you have Nicholas Morrow and, or not, or I'm guessing Zach Cunningham and Christian Ellis as your starters. Although I think Morrow was going to rotate in there and mix in. So. Yeah, they played three linebackers in that first game. Even before Nicobe got hurt, Christian Ellis was playing a little bit. So they, they did have three linebackers in the game plan. I think they're all going to play. I get, I would actually, I think even though Ellis might be, Ellis is on the roster and Morrow is on the practice squad, I'll be interested to see if they actually play Morrow more just because he has more experience. And I think they might just see Ellis as a rotational player as opposed to being a full-time guy. Um, mm-hmm. More of that. It's worth noting too, by the way, with Nicobe out, that's significant because he's your green dot player. Right. He is making the, or relaying the defensive calls from Sean Desai into the uh, ears of his teammates, getting that message across. And when he went down in week one, Sean Desai said that duty was split between Reed Blankenship, who's not playing now, and Christian (laughs) Ellis, who we don't expect to be on the field 100% of the time. I think Morrow probably has some experience doing that too. Um, So I guess he might be sharing some of those duties if he's there and Ellis isn't. It's, it's just whoever it's whoever the top linebacker is going to be in this game is going to have the green dot. Like whoever the guy that is unlikely to come off the field at all. I don't know I don't if they're going to have a guy like that, though. I think they're all yeah. going to play. Uh, so not ideal. Uh, the Rashawn Evans move is nice from a standpoint of you have to have. I mean, if he's he's your you want maybe it's Justin Evans. I wonder. Could be, but again, not the most. Yeah, right. He hasn't been there long. Situation. I mean, not, not that it's a new it's a new scheme for everyone, sort of. Um, I mean, not sort of. It is, but it's you know he's only been with the team for you know half a year. Yeah, it's not just the scheme. Safety is a troubling spot. Look, like coming up in this, the secondary as a whole. Well, middle, really. middle of the defense was a problem in week one, and now you yeah. uh, you lost your best safety by far, and you lost your best linebacker. So it's what even, do you think they do at safety? I think it's going to be. Justin Evans and Terrell Edmonds starting playing most of the snaps. They didn't put Sidney Brown on the field at all on defense in week one. So I don't know how he's just right. starting all of a no sudden. No snaps. You're right. I don't think yeah. that's going to happen. I think he might rotate in. I don't think they love Edmonds enough to play him the whole game. I think they're going to mix Sidney in a little bit. Um, but I don't think he's going to – if you're going to play Sidney Brown, I think that's more of a gradual thing that could happen after the mini buy here, after Thursday. I don't think it's going to happen on a short week. I don't think they're flipping the switch like that. Yeah, and then obviously with Bradbury out, Josh Job is probably filling in. Yes. Not probably, he's going to fill in, which means that they're almost certainly going to have Slay travel with Justin Jeff- Jefferson to some extent, maybe not on every play, but he's going to be shadowing him quite a bit all over the field. Yeah, it's a very concerning back seven <laughs> heading into this game. Everything else, and we'll get to the matchups uh, you know, later in the episode, but everything else, I think, really leans heavily in the Eagles' favor. But the back seven against the Vikings passing game, a little dicey. I have a level of confidence in James, or sorry, uh, Josh Job. We saw him look good, and I think he really seized that top backup outside cornerback job in training camp. So I'm interested to see what he can do in a bigger sample. Right. That being said, I mean, he's a downgrade from James Bradbury, who was a really good player. So not good going up against the receivers that they're going up. We'll get to that in our matchup section. Yeah, it seems like Fletcher Cox will play based on reporting, although I guess his snap count might be down a little bit more than usual because um, because of the pain and also because 
you're using a six-man defensive tackle rotation anyway, and if you feel confident enough to get some of those guys on the field, you might have to lean on them a little bit more than you usually would. And then for Kenny Gainwell, that's obviously a big factor here, not just for the actual game, but fantasy football and whatnot. Um, I have some Gainwell numbers, by the way, that maybe I'll share in the future when he might play again. I don't want to kick him while he's down, but for his numbers from last year, like a lot of numbers that are just like, this guy was not good last year. He was not even good. And now he's the lead back. Anyway, it's safe to say DeAndre Swift will probably lead the Eagles running backs in touches, right? Yeah, I mean, while Rashad Penny was inactive week one uh, in favor of Boston Scott, who can return kicks, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'll be up week week two. He'll be active. Do you think he'll be running back two? Because I think there's a chance he could be, even though he's, he, could he be, was yeah. running back yeah, four I mean, on week one. Boston Scott was also in there on kick coverage too, not just as the kick return, yes. but on kick coverage. So that's not something that Rashad Penny does right. or that you'd want him to do. So yeah, I think he'll be RB two. He'll, he'll get some carries in my in my mind. It would be crazy if he doesn't, <laughs> right? Because Swift is not a volume guy either. He's not a guy you give the right. ball to twenty times a game. You can give him, I don't know, fifteen touches or whatever, but you're not. I don't know. I think they're a lot better off with Kenny Gain or excuse me, uh, DeAndre Swift in the lineup than they are with Kenny Gainwell. I just think that DeAndre Swift is a much more talented player. It boggled my mind how he only had three touches versus 18 for Kenny Gainwell week one. So I think this injury that like, so for, I don't mean to say who cares, but kind of who cares uh, on the Kenny Gainwell injury. Mm. Whereas uh, the loss of Reed Blankenship and uh, James Bradbury are much, much more significant and potentially, um, you know, harmful to the Eagles than, than the Kenny, than the Kenny Gainwell injury. Yeah, I think Swift will lead the way. I think Penny, I don't know if he'll be definitely be second, but I think he could be second in running back touches, and then Boston Scott will get a couple, probably, if anything. So, by the way, I think uh, Swift would have gotten more touches this week, even if Gainwell weren't hurt at all. I agree. I mean, so Nick I, Sirianni I said think, that after the game. Yeah, right. I think he would have gotten significantly more touches, and, Ken- and Gainwell's touches would have come down. Um, they would have to. We like, we talked about this on the recap show, but it's insane that Kenny Ginwell would get eighteen yes. and Swift would get two. He got two. <laughs> right. He got. He didn't get three. Two touches. carries. No, yeah. he had one carry and one catch. He had three, right. He had oh. two targets. You're thinking of that. I think he had two uh, targets. Okay, gotcha. He only caught one of yeah, them. Okay. He touched the ball two times. And then and Kenny uh, Ginwell touched it eighteen times. That's and not... Boston Scott had what two touches? Yeah, same. Yeah. They kind of figured that out. And then as we mentioned, (laughs) we also mentioned that he had 18 touches and the combination of A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and Quez Watkins had, I forget how many it was, but it was less than 18. I think it was like 16 touches on the the day. I think it's the same exact amount if you just add Swift in there. If you add Swift and all those four, three, there's three receivers and Goddard, then you're the same amount. I think it was the same, yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah. What are you doing? It just can't happen. It just can't happen. That can't happen. I don't, so... the 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 sixth best player on your offense can't have can't can't have that kind of you know target touch what touch share I'm making something I'm making up a phrase there can't have this can't have the highest touch share by far on the team just it just doesn't make any sense uh, it's perplexing to me so we'll see I mean this is a chance for Swift to really like make his mark on the running back rotation if he balls out 
not seeing Kenny Gainwell, or at least I would think it's insane if you saw Kenny Gainwell get that kind of workload again, anything like that. If Swift falls out in this game, maybe Penny too, that kind of forces their hand to not have him as a healthy scratch if he goes out and he like balls out. So I think the running back situation is kind of interesting to see not only this week, how it shakes out, but also what it could portend down the road. Anything else on the injury front? Are you ready to take a break, Jimmy? Well, one more thing on Rashad Penny too. So this Vikings lineup is not huge. Like it's a, it's a smaller front. Like Daniel Hunter is one of their edge rushers. Um, uh, you got Phillips and Jones in the middle and then DJ Wanham on, on the edge as well. And then um, oh, who's the guy I'm thinking of? Mm, it's escaping me. My apologies. Uh, I think he used to play for the, Oh, Dean Lowry is a guy who plays a little bit um, in their base defense used to play for the Packers mm. in games against the Packers in the past. They have owned that dude in the running game. So this could be, and then by the way, also their linebackers are Jordan Hicks, who I think is a good all around player. And then a guy named Ivan Pace, who I really liked as a prospect coming out this year as a six round pick out of Cincinnati. That dude is five ten, like two, like high two twenties, I believe. So he's a very small linebacker. Maybe this is kind of a Rashad Penny game mm. where you're physical up front and, and you try to uh, kind of pound him in between the tackles. I certainly think it's going to be a Dallas Goddard game oh, yeah. going up against, you know, an older player in Jordan Davis at this point, not Jordan Davis, Jordan Hicks. And then uh, a very, you know, he's going to have a huge size advantage if he gets matched up against Ivan Pace. This should also be a Rashad Penny game, or at least maybe if not now, at some point, if the offense continues to sputter, like, I don't know. Maybe give it to that guy. See if anything is different. Yeah. Let's take a break here, though, Jimmy, before we get into our matchups. We will be back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on BGN Radio, it's time for our Eagles Vikings preview. I think we should start with the biggest kind of question mark going into this game where we talked about with the injuries and what that could mean for this Eagles defense versus the Vikings offense quarterbacked by everyone's favorite mediocre quarterback. The guy who I call the worst quarterback to have in the NFL, not the worst quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> right. Let me make that distinction very clear. The worst quarterback to have because he's a guy who typically – beats the bad teams and he loses to the good ones. So I think before last year's game and pretty much any game I've 
seen the Eagles go into against Kirk Cousins. I always say it's the Kirk Cousins litmus test. If you're a good team, you'll beat him. And if you lose to him, that's not a good sign. So um, I think the his- late, great Chris Wessling from the around the NFL podcast, mm-hmm. he invented something called the Dalton scale, meaning Andy Dalton. And basically like if you were a quarterback who was above Andy Dalton, then you're you're fine ish, depending on how close you are to Andy Dalton. If you're not as good as Andy Dalton, you need a new quarterback. He's a replacement so, level guy. <laughs> yeah, right. But he was sort of like on that. He was sort of on like that middling ground for you know. He isn't going back a, a little ways. So that around the NFL podcast guys, like last summer, they you know sought to come up with a new scale, like a new quarterback mm-hmm. for the Dalton scale. And uh, great episode that they did on that. Uh, And I sort of landed on Kirk Cousins Mm. as that guy. If you have a quarterback who's not better than Kirk Cousins, then you sure as shit, excuse my language, (laughs) should be, you know, actively and vociferously looking for a new quarterback. And if you have something better than Kirk Cousins, ideally significantly better than Kirk Cousins, then you're probably okay. Kirk Cousins, for all his faults, can pad some stats, baby. And (laughs) so week one was a little bit weird for the Vikings in that um, he put up big numbers passing the ball. Right, as always. (laughs) Yeah, and they scored 17 points. But the turnovers were an issue. I mean, he fumbled twice, lost two fumbles, and he threw an interception. That kind of doesn't like necessarily make me feel like the Vikings are totally cooked in that regard. Cause I don't think they're going to turn the ball over three times again. They might do it once mm-hmm. or twice, but I don't think like you, I'm not worried about that necessarily being a sustainable problem for them for as much as I don't like Kirk cousins. I think he will not turn it over three times. I don't think he's, he can have bad games. We saw that last year in Philly, but I'm not just banking on that definitely happening because he can look sharp, especially against flawed teams. And I worry, I worry about the Eagles secondary right now with all these injuries. That's pretty concerning. And not just the, you know, the quarterback versus the secondary, but the receivers specifically who he's going to be throwing to include Justin Jefferson, who Darius Slay shut down last year. I kind of question, can he definitely do that again? Because that was like a, that was a crazy good performance. And then even if you take Jefferson out of things, um, Mario Addison, that's his name, right? Mario Addison? No, it's uh, Jordan. Who am Addison. I thinking of? That is not like a Panthers Mario player? Addison does sound familiar. Let me look that but up. But it's 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 Jordan. Why is that in my head? That like snuck into my head. Yeah, he's a <laughs> he, he had a touchdown week end. one, by the way, Addison. Yes, he had a deep touchdown. So a guy that some people compared to Devontae Smith, not one for one, but kind of slighter receiver, but certainly a good player. So you have to deal with Justin Jefferson and not Mario, but Jordan Addison against this banged up secondary. I mean, what do the Eagles do against that? So Jordan. Uh... I'm looking up. Ma- oh, yeah, there is a Mario Addison. Yeah, I said and that. He's, he's a, a defensive Panthers end. He's a defensive end. No, he's a free agent. Well, at one point he was. Sorry. He okay. played for the Texans last year. So here are Justin Jefferson's numbers his first three years in the NFL. These are insane. 88 for 1,400 as a rookie. 108 for 16-16 year two. Year three, last year, he wins you know NFL Offensive Player of the Year. 128. <laughs> 128 catches for 1809. Like he's, he's gotten better, you know, each year in the league. It's possible. He could even continue to get better. He had, what? Nine for 150, I think in week one. So he had a crazy good game. You don't think he got in the end zone, but you new know, nine catches for 150. I think it was 
Uh, if you play fantasy football, there's a good chance that like he went number one overall in your draft. Um, you mentioned the matchup last year against Darius Slay. There is no reasonable. Nobody can reasonably think that Darius Slay is going to do that again. Yeah. To, to just there's no way that's like a, it's not gonna happen 100 again 100 percentile performance that's like the best game of <laughs> right. Darius Slay's life it's one of the best cornerback performances ever in Eagles history maybe in, in NFL opinion. history honestly like given the <laughs> talent of Jefferson and then you're gonna have a guy like super motivated to make up for that game last year mm-hmm. I mean I think he was actually pretty motivated for it last year there was there was a thing that were like he was he was gonna he was gonna have some kind of like funny celebration or something like that. He was going to say something at his, he had something planned for his press conference is what I believe Peter Schrager had tweeted out prior to the game. Okay. I think it was, uh, uh, what's his name? Kyle Brandt. Oh, Kyle Brandt. Not Schrager. Kyle Brandt. And then sure enough, he didn't say whatever he was going to say in his press conference because they got their asses kicked. Uh, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they defend him. I think it'll be kind of, um, uh, all hands on deck takes a village type deal where Slay is going to travel with him quite a bit. And when he doesn't, they'll have multiple bodies mm. on him. So if uh, a guy is going to beat them, they're going to make it be Jordan Addison. I think the other guy that they really have to worry about is TJ Hawkinson. I think he because... kind of sucks. Loki. I have to Do say you? this now against okay. the, now against the people he's going against, he can have success because the Eagles are not the people defending him is, I think he's nowhere as good as I think he gets a lot of, He's like one of those guys who gets a lot of more credit uh, because of draft position and fantasy football value. Than fantasy, fantasy football definitely helps he's a much his, better, his Q rating. The <laughs> idea of TJ Hawkinson to me is better than the reality of TJ Hawkinson when I've watched him. He's fine. I'm not saying he sucks, but like I don't think he's nearly as good as people make him out to be. With that said, again, going up against this Eagles linebacker and safety group, I think he could be really good. Well, Hunter Henry and Mike Jasicki combined for, I think, what, nine catches for... 90 something no eight catches for 90 something on nine targets and and the only one they didn't complete was a drop a touchdown he was open yeah so and a touchdown so i mean the middle of the field is where he can and he's a big guy too he's 6'6 260 something like that so um i mean he's gonna get his share of targets i imagine in this game tj hawkinson when the vikings see what the patriots tight ends were able to do against this eagles defense I'm okay with that though. I would rather them throw the ball to him <laughs> than Justin Jefferson. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So if you could if you can make the Vikings throw to him and Jordan Addison, and if those guys beat you, that's not good. But you certainly don't want Justin Jefferson to take over this game. I'll live TJ Hawkinson being the Vikings leader in targets. I would sign up for that. I don't think their running game is as uh I mean obviously isn't as potent or isn't projected to be as potent this season after you know, they let Dalvin Cook go. It's just Alexander Madison back there, who I liked as a number two back. I don't know that I'd necessarily want him as my you know lead three down guy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be uh, a. They faced a very run heavy offense week one. They're going to face a very pass heavy offense week two. Well, another similarity to the Eagles week one game is that like the Patriots were missing both starting guards. The Vikings are also banged up on their interior offensive line, yeah. which isn't also good to begin with. Uh, starting center Garrett Bradbury, not to be confused with James Bradbury, is ruled out of this game. There's some talk that I think his replacement might actually be better. Bradbury hasn't been great. His replacement is Austin Slotman, who's kind of like, uh, it was like a, <laughs> the way the Vikings blog, uh, Daily Norseman, 
uh, our good friend Christopher Gates from over there described him as like just a guy. And they also described, I love this. I texted you this, Jimmy. <laughs> On starting right guard, Ed Ingram, they said, quote, half the time it looks like Ed Ingram is actively playing for the other team, end quote, which made me think of Jamon Brown being a disaster for the Eagles when he started for them. So that's a good thing to hear. This isn't really anything earth shattering, but I think it's going to need to be another huge game from Jalen Carter specifically and these Eagles mm-hmm. defensive tackles. Like they're going to have to just make life hellacious as possible for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, this is a homegrown offensive line for the Vikings. Like every all their starters were drafted by the team and all of them in the first or second round. So from left to right, it's Christian Darasaw at left tackle, Ezra Cleveland at left guard, Garrett Bradbury at center, who, as you mentioned, is out. It'll be Schlottman. Schlottman was not drafted by them, to be mm-hmm. clear. Ed Ingram was a second round pick a year ago. Bad rookie season, bad start to the season, as I understand. I didn't watch the Vikings game at all. Um, and Brian O'Neill, who turned into is a very good right tackle. Mm-hmm. Christian Darrisaw, by the way, is uh, also of he was a great left tackle last season, like really took his game to the next level in his second season. He missed some time uh, last week against the Buccaneers and a guy named Oli Udo, who has played against the Eagles in the past with the Vikings, uh, filled in for him. And if I recall correctly, I was thinking this, I think Brandon Graham wrecked that guy when he had to play against the Eagles one other time, but he had to fill in for Christian Darrisaw uh, against the Buccaneers last week. And Christian Darrisaw is questionable. I think he's going to play my tea leave reading points to him playing, but it could be Mm -hmm. a matter of, you know, does he hold up over the course of the game? Is he? Yeah. He's not going to be a hundred percent. I think he's going to play, but I don't know if it'll be a hundred percent. So they're banged up. And, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, the, the, the most, the most impressive you know, part of the Eagles roster week one by far was their interior defensive lineman. Like they were all really good. You, know, you already mentioned, you know, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, I thought had a really strong game as well, both uh, against the run. I thought he showed some juice a little bit as a pass rusher mm-hmm. at times. Fletcher Cox was awesome. I haven't watched all of them individually yet. So I had watched just Jordan Davis. I watched all of his snaps this morning and you couldn't help but notice Fletcher Cox a lot. Like you know, he was like really, really good in that game. So it'll 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 be tough if he if he can't go and sort of build on that performance from week one. I think, like you said, he's more likely to play than not. And then Milton Williams was another guy yeah. that kind of stood out when I was watching Jordan Davis making plays all over the place. And like there were some times he was rushing off the edge too. Like he was all up and down the line. Really impressed with the way that he played week one. So. I mean, you have Ezra Cleveland, who's just sort of a guy. You have now a backup at center. And then Ed Ingram, who stinks. Big. I mean, if you're like a Vikings fan, that is that is the matchup that you that you really fear heading into this matchup. More so than I think Eagles fans should fear the back seven versus the hmm. Vikings uh, playmakers. I don't know offense. if I agree with that. <laughs> I think they're really okay. very bad. I think the first thing has more value in theory. Obviously, the trenches, as they say, were games won and lost. I get that part of it, but Eagles secondary is looking kind of dire here. Um, so right, but not as bad as this Vikings interior line, in my opinion. Maybe. And also, like if Udo has to play on the edge too, they are really screwed. well. Yeah, I agree. If Darisol's out, then that's a game changer for me. But I don't. I'm, again, I'm not counting on that to happen. He's been limited in practice all week. I think he only missed seven snaps before. I think ultimately finishing the week one game. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. 
like Bradbury only played seven snaps, I believe. And then he was out with a back injury. Didn't yeah. Play. Right. Um, so I just think Darisol might be a little bit banged up. Do you have anything else on the Eagles defense versus the Vikings offense? Um, I don't think so. I think we covered all the well, main things. Let's yeah. flip over then. Okay. To the Eagles offense versus the Vikings defense, where the reading the coverage out of Minnesota Vikings world, Brian Flores, their new defensive coordinator, you may have heard of before, uh, was seen as certainly a big positive from week one. That is something that Vikings fans did like to see. Ultimately, the Bucks just scored uh, 20 points in total in a loss. Um, but that was one positive. And another note that I have here heading into this matchup, you mentioned the offensive line earlier, and certainly I think you would give that unit the benefit of the doubt given the names there and the coaching there and what they've accomplished for years. But there are some question marks there, and I thought this was an interesting note from PFF. The Eagles offensive line in week one this year allowed more pressures than they did in any game last year. Mm-hmm. And specifically the tackles were issues, Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata. And yeah. you have Daniel Hunter coming up this week. So like that's something to watch. Yeah. So I think on that point, um, well, let me, let me start with Brian Flores first. They fired uh, Ed Donatel this past off season because their past defense a year ago was one of the worst in the NFL. So they were second to last in passing yards allowed. They were third to last in pass passing yards per attempt. They were dead last in passing first downs allowed. How that team went 13 and four is insane, <laughs> you know, given those numbers. And then, um, you know, I mean, we mentioned how Jalen Hurts just destroyed them last year. I have the numbers in front of me now. It was 26 of 31, 333 yards, one touchdown. And then there was one interception that wasn't his fault. Spread the ball around in that game, like five, five eighty two, five for eighty two for Goddard, seven for eighty for Devontae, uh, two for sixty nine for Quez, and then five for five for sixty nine for for AJ Brown. So their defense is going to look a lot different this year schematically, but their corners still aren't good. So they're starting Byron Murphy, who you know doesn't have a lot of speed, was maybe more of a slot guy, and uh, I mean, played outside too for the Bucks, but. Um, sort of an inside outside kind of guy two years, 17 and a half million for him. He's their number one corner. Their number two is a 2022 fourth round pick, a Caleb Evans. And then their nickel is a guy that was safety in college and Josh Metellus. Um, and then we already mentioned before, you know, they're one of their linebackers, linebackers is five ten, and then their other linebackers, 31 years old. So that is a secondary that I think they can attack their safeties. Of course, Harrison Smith, who the Eagles have burnt in the past. Mm. And then the other guy's name is escaping me right now, but uh, had also had a, had a shaky year last year as well. So, I mean, their secondary probably looked a lot better week one than they did for the majority of the season a year ago, because they were horrible a season ago, but they also faced a Buccaneers team that was being piloted by, you know, Baker Mayfield. And I mean, the Bucks have really good receivers, of course, in Mike Evans and Chris mm. Godwin. But they their offensive line is a mess, and Baker Mayfield obviously isn't a great quarterback. Mm. Um, they do have Daniel Hunter, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. but the rest of that pass rush not great. They traded Zadarius Smith this offseason uh, to the Browns, who we saw in joint practices uh, can still play. Oh yeah, they don't have that two zero anymore. Those guys were good coming off the edge on each side a year ago, but now it's just Hunter who's left. 
They also have Marcus Davenport, who was unable to play in week mm-hmm. one. He's questionable for this game, just like he was in right. week one. We'll see if he's able to go for this one. I would wonder if that would be the case, considering he didn't, he wasn't able to play like three days ago. So how is he ready now? If he was not ready for week one, how is he ready just a couple of days later? I don't know. He hasn't had a full practice yet either. He's, he was yeah, limited. Exactly. To, they, uh, they didn't even practice Wednesdays. this week yeah. because it's a, it's a yeah. short week. So. It was, it was all, right. But even if they had, like he, they, yes. he would have been limited if it right. were a full practice. So it's just yeah. weird to me. He wouldn't play in week one and then would be ready for this game somehow. But uh, especially again, like you said, without the practices. So I would assume he might not be playing and that would certainly be better for the Eagles. By the way, you mentioned that interception that Hurts had last year. Uh, why wasn't that fault? Why, why, why wasn't that his fault again? What happened? I don't know. That that's what I had written. That's what I had written. Well, uh, I remember that game. It so bounced I'm off just, of I'm Kenny just, Gainwell's hands. That I'm just trusting my. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, that's, oh, I remember that play. Yeah, yeah you, a little dump off over the middle. So, yeah, and it, this it is, bounced off his hands. This is the Eagles yeah, lead back. That. Sorry to hammer <laughs> Kenny G, but it's not his fault entirely that he's it's not like he's putting himself in there for this huge role but it's just it's driving me nuts man anyway that was deep in their own end right and then i think they turned it right back over i, I forget Do i have that right maybe i don't remember that level of detail possibly that was probably slay's pick in the end zone uh that was right after that so this is going to be a huge dallas goddard game just based on last year when the eagles were so sensitive about deontay uh, deontay Devontae smith getting zero catches that was also a weird situation i remember in week one last year where he had like a couple catches called back by penalties or wiped mm-hmm. out by penalties um some that were on the lions they so it didn't just count for him like i was never worried that they Devonte smith was not gonna be a part of the offense right and also i'm not worried that dallas gutter won't be but still i think the eagles do have that in mind that they want to keep their guys happy and i expect i mean i feel like are there odds on this? Can you get first catch of the game? I feel like they're going to throw to Dallas Goddard on the first pass of the game. Um, I feel like that's a good bet to make, but I do well, think there was one play where he like, it was, it was an RPO and I don't, I don't remember if Hertz handed it off. Or he I sent it. this to you oh, last Hertz, night. Hertz running wide the hell open down. Like nobody anywhere near him. It, like easy, also, clear touchdown was looking right at him the whole time. Like the read was there. Johnny, Johnny page posted this, um, like as he's you know at the mesh point with Kenny Gainwell, Hertz is like reading three defenders who are all basically in the same place, and mm-hmm. Goddard is like leaking out behind them. It's like what do you how what are you looking at? You're looking in that you're looking right at that. How are you not like what are you doing? I don't know what happened there, but that's crazy. Yeah, that would have been a touchdown. Or I mean, if maybe they could have caught him down from behind, but it would have been a huge play. I don't think so. I mean, he was so wide open, it was crazy. I agree, but. Point is, um, yeah, that so that was definitely an issue, by the way, as we're talking about the Eagles offense here. Hertz has to be better. There were for as much as we can talk about Brian Johnson being an issue, too much gain well, plain and simple, like I think there were some I'm not saying the Eagles would have dropped like forty if Hertz had played better, but they would have definitely scored more than a single touchdown if Hertz made yeah. plays that were I think were reasonably there to be made. For whatever reason, just wasn't seeing the field as well as he usually does. And you talked about him breaking out in week two last year, I and mean, he was awesome. He, and and against the Vikings defense at that point too, that kind of challenged him, especially after week one, where the Lions, if I'm not mistaken, I think played a lot of man and Hertz kept taking off running against them. And mm-hmm. he was able to do yeah. that because they were playing man defense. And, right. They had our backs turned yeah. to him. Yeah. Um, week two, the Vikings were like, no, we're just going to sit back and make you pick us apart. And that's exactly and what he did. he did with tight window throws. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he was awesome. I don't know, you know, what we're going to see this time. I think the Vikings are going to blitz because that's, they should. The Eagles have been struggling to kind of handle 
Uh, you saw that That's in week Flores one. That's MO all day, too. So there you go. The Eagles have to kind of find an answer for that. Uh, I do think the offense as a whole will be better. I think you have to give them benefit of the doubt. They're going to figure some of this stuff out. I do think the ceiling is raised when DeAndre Swift is getting touches as opposed to Kenny Ginwell 18 times a game. So I definitely have more. I I mean, I'm not worried about the Eagles offense, obviously more concerned about their defense. Um, But I do, I did mention the offensive line thing that it will be another thing to keep an eye on. Uh, Anything else on this matchup that stands out to you? Well, yeah. in the, uh, you know, has to perform up to expectations front. Hertz is one. And then, the offensive line is right there with them. I mean, the offensive line just has to be better is really the bottom line. They just didn't play well week one when we kind of expect them to dominate in, you know, any matchup they have. They have to dominate this matchup against the Vikings because they're just not as strong at anywhere near, in my opinion, as the as the Patriots were a week ago. There's a much, much weaker opponent in the front seven uh, than the one they faced, you know, in, in, in New England. So, um, yeah, both both Hurts and the offensive line. I, and I expect them both to play a lot better, too. I think this could be a game that you really need your offense to win you a shootout. Honestly, the way this defense is shaping up, like you're not, you're not going to get away with scoring one offensive touchdown. Of course, in this one, I think the Vikings are going to be able to put up some points. I think the Eagles are going to need to, it's going to be on the offense. It's, I think that really is going to be, and that's why we we, know what the weather is going to be, by the way. I I have not seen any, I've been keeping an eye on that. I don't think I saw it's going to be nice. Yeah, 78 and sunny high of 78 and sunny tomorrow low of 62 yep. it's gonna be really nice yeah it's yeah, gonna be a nice be night. nice crisp well not i don't know how crisp but it'll be maybe even a little bit warm um all right let's take another break here but not before i tell you we already kind of talked about righteous felon craft jerky the jerky of it all at the top of the podcast i also wanted to promote some of the gear that they have jimmy as you see i'm wearing right now listeners can't see we're gonna try to do more video stuff coming soon it's just been uh, a hectic schedule with a short week and week one being always a challenge anyway so we're working on that but i wanted to call attention to a hat that you said you wanted that was dropped off to you at uh wrong crowd or not for you but like for the listeners to have and you were jealous of it that someone took that one i don't want to say i'm being careful about my words here intentionally jimmy listen to what i'm saying (laughs) if you're a fan of baseball in philadelphia especially like a retro baseball Look in Philadelphia. Well, then I think you would like that hat. You can check out RightToSellin.com and check out their non-meat products, their gear, if you would like that Philadelphia baseball adjacent hat. I think it's a cool logo. Yeah. It's the Right to Selling logo, but it's stylized in a familiar kind of way. Yeah, it's a cool hat. So, you know, check out the non-meat snacks and everything else they have going on at RightToSellin.com as well. And hey. Same discount code works, BGN15, for 15% off your order. Also, real quick, I will plug that. They have a new flavor, Jimmy. Are you excited to hear about Soul? Yeah, I am. I'm... It's Soul Survivor. That is S-E-O-U-L. Survivor. Okay, so it's like a Korean... Korean uh... barbecue-inspired stash. Love Korean barbecue. With a sesame slash. So new. It's got mm. a nice little purple... Uh, it's like, it's a little purple. There's all the bags of different colors. There's some purple on this one. So definitely give that a try. If you have not, I haven't, yeah, I will have to give this a try at some point. It looks really good to me. It's soul survivor at righteousselling.com. Just tell code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Jimmy. Back after this. Back here on BGN radio, where it is time for our weekly 
Eagles, DraftKings, same game parlay promotion. Jimmy last week did not hit. I had um, an eight, there was an AJ Brown anytime touchdown in there that obviously didn't happen, so that voided it among other things. Mm-hmm. It's all right. There's a chance to win this week because throughout the season we'll be cooking up our own parlays that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, the loyal BGN Radio listeners, BGN readers, and Philly Voice readers to follow along with. And this week, the parlay, Jimmy, that I cooked up is Eagles money line. So Eagles win the game. DeAndre Swift, anytime touchdown scorer. We expect him to be the top running back. Chance he finds his way into the end zone. And then one plus Kirk Cousins interceptions thrown because why not? If all those things happen, that's plus 370. So it'd be a payout. Let's say you put $10 down. You pay out, what, $47 there? So, um it's up for you to consider if you think those things are likely. And I think it's just 35. I don't think uh, 35. You win 35. It's plus 370. If it's. Oh, I thought you said it's plus 350. No, plus 370. Oh, okay. Well, well it, then when the, I said the payout. So like the payout, including what you get back. <laughs> including including the money that mm-hmm. you already gave them. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> okay. I think in gambling terms, you just talk about what you win, not what profit. you also get back of your money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how they list it. They list it as payout under the thing, but you can see for yourself. At- <laughs> okay. Well, that's very, all right, all right, I won't get, I won't get into the whole thing there then. <laughs> this week, uh, we'll see if you can hit the parlay. Uh, will be interesting to see. And here's the disclaimer that everyone loves. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in Connecticut. Help is available for or for problem gambling. Call 887-889-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. KS, licensed partner, Golden Nugget Lake, Charles, LA. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONTC sportsbook.com dot slash dot com slash football terms for eligibility terms and gambling resources. It's responsible gambling resources. Okay. Jimmy, that's the same game parlay. Now it's time for our picks. We do picks against the spread for the three NFC East teams that aren't the Eagles and then the Saints as well, since the Eagles own the Saints second round pick. I have a tracker, Jimmy, of the Saints second round pick standing uh, posted on BGN. So we'll be tracking that weekly. I think it's at 45 right now, currently. Obviously, you know. Well, they won, right? Yeah, they won. It's week one. They should have lost that game. Or at least they almost did. Jamal it can't be 45, can it? Because there's got to be at least 16 teams that have that are ahead of them in the draft order. No. So they can't be any higher than 48. Well, yeah, but there's like tiebreakers and they rotate <laughs> with those in the second round. Just, just trust the tracker, Jimmy. Don't question me. Don't question me. Anyway, it's also week one. There's a lot of time for things to change. So let's get into our picks starting. Oh, I said you're two and we're both two and two against the spread. I am so mad at Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel, by the way, because Mm -hmm. one of my picks was Saints minus three a week ago. I'm going to complain about this for a minute. Sorry. Mike Vrabel had fourth and six. He's down four, a little more than two minutes to go. He's got a fourth and six at the Saints 11. Again, he's down four. He kicked a field goal. What the hell are you doing, dude? You're right. It's 48. Sorry. 
It's, <laughs> that's great. Instant, uh, instant come up. It's for me. Anyway, kicks the field goal, kicks off to the Saints, never gets the ball back again. Why would you kick a field goal in that situation, you moron? Mm. It's such an insane call right off the bat, week one. But anyway, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't get my cover on that because. Like if they had gone for it, if they if they've gone for it and scored a touchdown, fine, I can live with that. But to kick a field goal there, it's such a it's such a weak way to to lose a cover. He was. I was so mad. I was watching that in the press box at uh, at Gillette Stadium, <laughs> and there's these there's these like these stadium workers sitting there next to me, and I'm complaining to them about <laughs> about not getting. I'm not even gambling on these. I'm not putting any money on these. It's just. The podcast yeah, here, and it was one of my own picks. It, yeah, I'm just a competitive idiot, and I'm complaining to these people. They don't know. They don't know me. I don't know them, and they must have been like, "Wow, that guy was weird." <laughs> speaking <laughs> or of that com- guy's a degenerate gambler. <laughs> uh, speaking of being overly competitive, needlessly so, there's a scandal, Jimmy, in the SB Nation weekly picks on SBNation.com. A bunch of NFL writers yeah. do picks there. I'm among those, and there was this whole thing. I won't get into the full details, but uh, the short version is usually. The winner of each week has to do a punishment or comes up with a punishment tweet for the loser of each week. Whoever finishes last to tweet out RJ had to do that one time last year where it was like uh, he'd rather have Nick Bosa than Micah Parsons, you know, so it's funny Uh stuff. Good trolling. A a whole thing where somehow I finished in a four way tie for last place. Not a good job by me. We're all eight and eight, but somehow Oh, so this was week one. I thought this was a season-long thing last year. No, the way week one. We do okay, it every single week. I got it. Okay. I finished in last You're place. You're eight and eight. That's bad. But there's this objective metric <laughs> on the site we use called Tally Site that kind of diff- calculates like the difficulty level of your picks to settle tiebreakers like this. And somehow, even though we used that last year, that was being totally eschewed. And the person organizing this posted a screenshot of like this random draw thing they did, like a little spin-the-wheel thing. And mind you, they were one of the bottom four finishers within this. So they were potentially up for being the, the tweeter of the lo- the loser of the week, the, the, having to do the punishment tweet. And they sent me a screen, uh, the whole group, a screenshot of like me being the one who got chosen by the random choice. Even though, again, we established this precedent last year, there, there was a tiebreaker. So I had to spend like, I probably spent at least an hour of my day today. Really good time. Just like defending myself in this Slack channel about like, <laughs> no, I, if I lost fair and square, I would absolutely follow through and do the tweet. But I literally didn't lose because there was someone under me in the tiebreaker standings that finished worse than me. I don't know how this is like controversial. I also, I freaking like messaged tallysite.com, their support team, and had them like verify <laughs> that this thing was used as a tiebreaker for them, which they did. So just insane behavior to me that someone would accuse me of that and then not actually apologized or admit they were wrong about that. So um, as much as I'd like to see you uh, tweet out some sort of punishment thing, uh, I think you're right here. That's a, that's a dumb way to, first of all, just to have it like a random generator, yeah. pull a name well, out of a hat. I mean, that's like, a dumb way to do it. I know this person could have, it could have landed on them the first time they did it. And then they're like, Oh, I don't want to do it. And took a, you know, did it again and just put it once it was on someone else's names. Like there's yeah. no accountability. That's, that's not a, that's like a, <laughs> exactly, yeah. incredibly flawed process. And also we didn't establish right. that as what, so whatever, airing a little bit of dirty laundry there, but it was crazy. And it wasted time <laughs> of my day because I'm like, I'm not doing this. And I'm also not yeah. having everyone like think like, Oh, BLG didn't even live up to the thing. I didn't lose. I'll do it if I lost. I didn't lose. Anyway, uh, way too much of a psycho about that, but it got me fired up. 
Uh, we'll move on to the Giants as five. So wait, uh, do we even? Well, we didn't make our Saints <laughs> pick. So that that was all Panthers because stink. I, I, I happen to look down at the paper of Saints minus three Panthers versus stink. at Panthers. I'll take the Saints minus three. What about you? I'll take the Saints minus three over okay. the yeah. Panthers I mean, just did not look good against, from what I saw, I was watching like six games at once during the one o'clock games yesterday, but they just did not look like they could get anything going against what's not really a really good Falcons team. Giants are five and a half point favorites against the Arizona Jonathan This is Gannons. a tough one, dude. I'm going to take the points because the Giants, I can't put faith in them. It's hard to put faith in the Cardinals too, but at least they showed some kind of fight a little bit and we yeah. won on the road. Uh, and they did cover. Five and a half is a lot of points for a Giants team. It's flawed. And I saw Darren Waller, you know, he's, he's banged up. He has this injury that's probably going to be an all season kind of thing, soft tissue. Mm-hmm. Like I just, the Giants vibes are terrible. I know I am not. And there, so is their offensive line still surprisingly to no one, a big issue. I will take, I think the Giants can win the game. I'm not going to give Jonathan again that much benefit of the doubt, but I will take the Cardinals to cover five and a half. Yeah. The Cardinals are the worst team in the NFL, but the Giants were the worst team in the NFL week one. Yes. So it's tough. And the Cardinals were beating Washington, I think, into the fourth quarter. The, the Commanders needed 10 fourth quarter points to win by four at the end. Okay. Well, they scored a touchdown. They're up one. And then they got a, I guess they got like a insurance field goal near the end. But yeah, I mean, the Cardinals gave them a run for their money. Did you see the hit by Kaiser White, by the way, on Sam Howell? Shit, what the hell was that? <laughs> That's like one of the dirtiest hits I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Just jacked him up. Uh, it was, I, I thought it was a little more oh, bang bang. Are you talking about the one on the sideline? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, yeah. that was not so, bang bang to me. That's you can't I think do that. quarterbacks get a little too much protection near the sideline. Like I've seen quarterbacks get hit like while they're going out, but hadn't actually been out yet, and they'll throw a flag on that, which I think is bullshit. Excuse my language again, but he did also go head to head, so it was very clear. Also, the referee got knocked down. Yeah. And like the referee was hurt. And while he was down, he threw the flag, which I thought was kind of funny. So <laughs> football, I was talking about this, with my good friend, Matt, Matt, like we were just like, football is like one of the silliest sports there is. It's just such a silly, like the things like that. It's just like, <laughs> this guy's he's got his, his clock clean and he's sitting there on the ground and he's just like, well, duty calls still have to throw the flag. It's like, are you yeah. okay? He almost got, it was almost kind of like a mad <laughs> head head I mean, rightfully so. Yeah. Cause he got, he got jacked up by Kaiser white sort of too. Mm. But yeah, so I don't know. This is a really tough call. I'm gonna go card. I'll take the Cardinals too. I'll take the. I'll to take win? the five and a half points. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. I'm not going there. Well, this I, is boring. Gonna, I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna purposely. I mean, they're purposely losing games, right? Mm-hmm. So, at least front office wise. Um, you know what? No, no, no. I'm gonna take the Giants to bounce back a okay. little bit here. They got beat so bad that I think. It's fight or flight time for them. That's fair. Yeah, I mean they. If they can't take care of business against the Cardinals, the, the, I mean we can write them off now. They're done. Well, like they're done after week two if they can't win that game. They play the 49ers in San Francisco in week three, and you can't go into that game Owen. Are they staying out yep. there? You can't go into yeah, okay. that game Owen two. So I kind of agree with that, but I just don't know that they can cover. I don't. I don't know if they can do that. All right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's our first disagreement of the whole year so far. So thankfully we had one. What about the Jets at the Cowboys where the Cowboys are eight point favorites against Zach Wilson? Yeah. So I had seen this line also at 9.5. Yeah, it was. I love the Jets at 9.5 because their defense is so good that they'll keep so many games close, Mm. even without Aaron Rodgers anymore. But 
just watching what the Cowboys did to the Giants week one and you throw Zach Wilson into that mess at eight. I'll take the Cowboys. I'll lay the eight. Even if the Cowboys offense sucks, I mean, I would trust their defense to be able to score when Zach Wilson is potentially throwing the ball to them. So, yeah, uh, I will take. But their their defense, the Jets defense looks so I know, good but it's Buffalo Zach Wilson. Too. And Zach Wilson is horrible. He's terrible. He sucks. Yeah. The, he didn't. The Jets didn't win because Zach Wilson was good. They lost because Josh Allen lost the game for the Bills and just kept turning the ball over. I don't think Dak. Who do you think they end up with? Quarterback? What are you What are you talking about? Who do the Jets wind up with a quarterback, or are they just stick with? I think just stick with him. I'm among. I think our good friend Noah Becker tweeted this. Like they have to make a move. They have to make a move. They cannot. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like signing Carson Wentz. They have to make an aggressive move. They have to go out and get someone who is at least somewhat respectable. And I think I don't love this guy. We talked about him earlier. I think they should trade for Kirk Cousins because for a franchise that has not made the playoffs since 2010 that's the longest streak in the nfl of not yeah. making the playoffs 13 freaking years then i think you have to seize this opportunity i think if you get kirk cousins and you have that jets defense for as flawed as he is i think they can at least make the playoffs and i think there's value in that for a team like that i just don't think you can waste the season with zach wilson or carson wentz or whoever else i don't know who else would be available looking at the I saw 49ers saying oh they should trade for Sam Darnold. No. Like obviously <laughs> first of all it's not going to happen because yeah. of like the vibes of it all. And no. <laughs> right. That's not, you need that would no, be very funny. You need something you can legitimately like sell your fans on. And I think you can sell them on Kirk Cousins because for as flawed as he is he puts up stats and you give him a defense like you you can win some games with that. He is certainly for as much as I don't think Kirk Cousins is really that good, he is definitely better. than That is a clear up. Like, Sam Darnold isn't a clear upgrade on Zach Wilson. I don't think that's true. I think Kirk Cousins is. So the guy that, I don't know if you recall this or not, but we had sort of tackled the idea of, like, what if Jalen Hurts gets hurt mm-hmm. early in the season? Who is a guy they could trade for at quarterback? This, this was, like, when we thought Marcus Mariota like might be really bad, mm-hmm. which still might be the case. <laughs> but like if he turned out to be really bad, who could they trade for? And the the name that I brought up was Matthew Stafford, but they blew out the Seahawks week one, which was sort of a surprise result. Um, the first week of the season. And, you know, I don't know that they're going to, we'll see like what the Rams turn into this year, mm-hmm. but we kind of thought of the Seahawks as like the, maybe the, the potential, you know, team that takes a big leap and becomes like the surprise Super Bowl contender. Maybe that's the Rams instead. Um, possible. I, but I think that the chances of them trading Matthew Stafford are now. Down yeah, I agree. After the way they hammered the Seahawks week one for the time being, I'm looking at all these other rosters here. I mean, I would call about Taylor Heineke. Like I would, I would rather, I mean, I don't think he's again, amazing. And I don't think any that's a step below Kirk Cousins, obviously, but I think he's been like game managery, and I would rather have him than Zach Wilson. Um, how about Tyler Hartley? Why not Tyler Hartley? Right? I mean, he's done some nice things. He was a freaking Pro Bowler last year, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but yeah, like, how about him? I would like that. And also, he can run around a little bit, which I think is important. This isn't a Jets podcast, but it's becoming one right now with how bad their offensive line are flawed. Well, they do play the Jets week six, so. Mm. You know, I don't know. Well, after that game that, became maybe. a lot easier, obviously. 
Well, also, I think if you're the that's Ravens, kind of new, that's kind of newsworthy too. Like, I don't know if we covered that in the last podcast. I don't think we did, oh, but certainly that's a game that now Jets. looks a lot yeah. easier. Yeah. Uh, well, on paper, I st- it's not a cakewalk, but certainly, um, definitely more winnable in theory. Again, assuming that the Jets also don't make that move. Well, the line for Jets Cowboys was looking like it was like going to be three or four or something like that. It's all the way up to nine point five or eight or whatever. All right. Well, I don't think the Jets will be trading for Marcus Mariota. I think that's safe to say. Okay. Oh, I, I had a question. I was thinking about this the other day. That's just it's not gonna happen. It's just a thought experiment. What if Joe Douglas calls Howie Roseman up and says, Howie, we want to trade for Tanner McKee. We loved what we saw in the preseason. What is the lowest amount of compensation you would trade Tanner McKee for? The lowest. Uh yeah. I think I would need to get at least a three. For Tanner McKee. That was my answer as well in my head, which seems kind of crazy for a six round pick who didn't have, you know, a lot of like hype or buzz, but I think he played well enough and there's value in a, with a backup quarterback like that. I think you're right. I think it has to at least be a three. And then you also have the desperate team tax that you got to tack on to sure. like whoever they trade for. If they, if they do trade for someone, they're going to have to pay a premium for them. Agree. All right. Anyway, uh, we both have the jets <laughs> losing this one, right? Yeah. And the Cowboys covering. I have yeah at eight. I mean, not that eight's a big difference from well, nine point five. Eight. I I like nine point five a lot better than I liked eight. So I'll take the Cowboys to lay the eight. In this world, the Cowboys are two and zero. Oh. We'll see what the Eagles do when we make our pick, and then the Giants are one and one for you. And then I'm gonna say one for one and one for me as well. You know what? I'm gonna reverse course on that. I'm taking the Jets plus the eight. <laughs> okay. Uh, I believe in their defense that much that they can keep it, like they can keep it close. This is your second pick that you've reversed course on. My mom always says, I "Go am. with your gut." You're going against what she <laughs> says. Shout out to my mom. It's like Mayor Quimby. I would like to announce that I am flip flopping. <laughs> <laughs> um, Commanders at Broncos. The Broncos are three and a half point favorites. I would. I just. I hate this line. I hate this game. Commanders. Stay, I struggled with this game too. But the Broncos yeah. and Russ is Russ is cooked. I just the, the Broncos look like they did last year. Like the, I, I just don't, I don't like this game at all. I think I'm gonna take the Broncos because I was really unimpressed with the Commanders with how they played against the Cardinals, who, you know, we all thought were gonna be terrible. The Commanders were seven, seven, seven and a half point favorites at home, and again, they needed to score ten points in the fourth quarter merely to beat the Cardinals by four points. So I'm actually gonna take the Broncos, but I don't feel good about it at all. I'm taking the Commanders to win this game. Okay, outright. That's I don't uh, think that's I think, a bad pick. I actually thought Russ was. Uh, I, I saw a little bit of this game, bits and pieces, and I thought Russ was looked better than he did last year. Again, I didn't see much of it, but they lost to the Raiders at home, <laughs> and like apparently there were like a couple of fluky things that happened in that game. Um, Even so, like the Broncos outplayed them theoretically, but I do. It's the Raiders. I mean, I do. I believe in Sean Payton a lot more than I did Nathaniel Hackett, but uh, also I think the the Commanders. I mean, the Commanders have a lot of have like a lot of talented players, and oh man, maybe I'll flip flop again. <laughs> no, I'll take the Commanders in, in the three and a half, but also I think they can go into Denver and win that game. All right, let's get into our Eagles Vikings pick. The Vikings are in Philadelphia to play the Eagles on Thursday Night Football, where the Eagles were originally. Seven and a half point favorites. I saw the line as big as 
That is currently down to... Oh, it's down to six, huh? I put it six here, but I'm looking at the odds page, um, and it actually went back up to 6.5. So we'll say it's six and a half. Who do you got? Okay. Eagles. I think the Eagles cover, and, and not a smackdown, but I, I actually think they win this game comfortably. The, the, comfortably? The Vikings, with the secondary yeah, they I have do. right now? I do, because I don't think the Vikings will be able to block them. They're not going to be able to block them. So, Your cousins can get the ball out I, fast, baby. Yeah. But if he's getting the ball out fast, though, I mean, I guess, you know, the, the Patriots hit on some plays down the field, even though Mac Jones is getting it out fast. But, mm. you know, the idea that you're, if you're getting the ball out fast, the, the thing that Sean Desai talked about, which I thought was interesting during his press conference, was they did a bad job taking away the number one option, which if you're able to do that, then you, quarterbacks can't get the ball out fast because they're going to their second, third reads or whatever, which, you know, pretty basic, but um, still a valid point. So I don't know if they improve doing that in week two, which I think they will, because they're going to pay so much more attention to Justin Jefferson and maybe allow their defensive line to get home. I just don't think that Vikings are going to be able to block them. So I like that matchup. And I think the Eagles offense is going to be so much better week two than it was week one. This is tough. I agree with that last thing you just said. I'm kind of going back and forth on this. I originally said I'm not really worried about the Eagles, especially in the Patriots recap podcast. Now, that was before all these injuries were known for sure. And that's definitely making me a little bit more nervous. Maybe I'm overreacting to that. I like to say I have to go with what I will not regret the most. And it's tough to put faith in Kirk Cousins. But... I think it's also prime time. I think it's also, and it's, that's a great point. I think the, my thing though with Kirk Cousins is that I don't trust him against the good teams. Are the Eagles definitely a good team right now in their current iteration week two, as banged up as they are coming off of that week one game. I'm not saying they won't be a good team this season. Are they a good team right now? I don't know. And that's not a definite yes for me. So I think they can be, that's fair. but I'm not sure. So this is tough for me. I think, I would hate myself if I put faith in Kirk Cousins in prime time against <laughs> what I think is going to be a fired Do up it. a fired up link because it's the first game. Oh, it is going to be loud there. It's the yeah, first yeah, game yeah. since the NFC Championship game. Like that's going yeah. to be juiced. First game of the uh, it's the home opener. It's on a Thursday night, so fans are going to have going to be liquored up. Time yeah. to uh get lubricated for the game as you just <laughs> said. I'm going to take the Vikings to cover. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be stressful. I think Darius Slay can't possibly have a good... I think he can have a great game. A great game. He could have an awesome game. And it would not be anywhere as nearly as good as it was last year. Just because of right. how special that game was. So I'm going to take the... I'm going to be a coward. I'm going to take the Vikings to cover. The Eagles win this game. The over-under is at 49. So I will say... Is that it? I thought it'd be higher than that. I do too. That's a little weird. I guess people are buying the, the Flores hype. Um, mm. Okay. 49 divided by with, two. Good luck with those corners. Whoever's taking the under on that one. Is 24 and a half. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Eagles win this game by an overtime. It's an overtime game. Really? Okay. Yeah. Jake Elliott. On a walk-off touchdown Jake, or Jake Elliott, field goal? Special teams player of the week for week one. He dials up a 52-yard field goal. To go to 
Eagles 2 and 0. And overtime, Eagles win 30 to 27. Okay. And even if the Eagles go to overtime, they the Vikings automatically cover cuz it's 6 and a half. I don't have a specific play to <laughs> point to because I think they win comfortably. What's like your score prediction? Give me a score prediction. I'll go 34 23. All right. Well, I do I did bet because I'm a coward. I bet on the Vikings money line, which will win me like $23.50. It's also as a little promo here for DraftKings Sportsbook. It's a no sweat bet. So if I lose, mm-hmm. uh, then it's I get that $10 back as a bonus bet, which I can then try to win back or win money on in a different game. So mitigating the risk there a little bit. But um, hey, if the Eagles win and I'm at a $10 and I get a bonus bet back, then good on them. Okay. Any final thoughts, Jimmy? heavy sigh still have to work out the pizza thing we have to talk about that i'll talk about that more things have been busy uh, after you get back since carson wentz isn't on a roster wasn't on a roster by week one that might change after week one but that's not the bet it was week one what do you got uh i don't have a final thought i'll just say that we're gonna probably what record our next podcast on friday well we'll see did we say that or is it saturday i don't remember it's up in the air right now We'll figure that okay. out, but we will have a recap podcast for you at some point after the game. Here's a final thought. All these late games are going to be brutal. No one cares to me. No <laughs> one has any sympathy for No, I think fans don't like the late games either. I don't know. Some people do. Some people do, but I think a lot of them don't. It's a lot. I like a good one o'clocker, personally. There's only two of them all year. That's the price to pay when you And we, so we got we have team. Thursday night, and then week three is Monday night. Who do they play week four? Is that one of the one o'clockers? Is that, is that the Rams? Is that Washington? No, you're right. Washington. And then the Rams, I think, are week five. And that'll be late. Jets are prime time again. <laughs> so many late games. <laughs> Not a lot of sleep coming up. No. <laughs> uh, my final thought is just support all of our sponsors. We really appreciate you doing that. Also, didn't mention, you know, some would say. I mean, all of our sponsors are our most important sponsors. Let's be real. We can't pick favorites. It's like picking between your children. But Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com has a special place in all of our hearts. The finest, most talented realtor, the best realtor in the entire history of the universe. It's true. Yeah. How do you contact Kristen Roach of of Roach Realtors, Jimmy? 856-906-9295. You can call or text that number. You got to do it. And if she's not licensed in your area, she will certainly do her best to help you find a realtor you can trust. So indeed, there you go. Okay. This has been BGN radio episode 348. We appreciate you rocking with us. You can check out our social media handles and whatnot in the description below. In addition to a lot of the information we already brought up about our sponsors. So it's all there for you. If you're looking to get into that, we appreciate the Apple podcast review from our good friend SRM chef that we read earlier. We hope you keep those coming. Hope you listen to all the other great shows we have here on the bleeding green nation podcast feed. It's a short week. So, you know, I understand, you know, it's going to be a challenge maybe for some people to get to it all, but we have I and the enemy in there. John Solness talking to Tyler Island from daily Norseman. We have the BGN draft show. If you're looking way ahead to the 2024 draft and you like college football, the NFC East mixtape, of course, with our enemy, RJ Ochoa, Babes on Broad in there. So a lot of good things to check out. A lot of fun. We will be back with you 
after the Eagles and Vikings play to talk about what happened. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. P G N. <laughs>